0: Welcome to the Conan Doyle Casebook, brought to you by the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle Centre in Edinburgh. My name is Hugh and as well as being a medium. I have a strong interest in the paranormal and the unexplained. I have spent 30 years investigating many haunted locations throughout the UK and also taken part in radio and TV documentaries and programmes. In this series of 30-minute podcasts, I'll be discussing many fascinating subjects with experts from up and down the country. So join me as we look at the subject of ghosts, unidentified flying objects, Robert Burns and his association with the supernatural, soul power and reincarnation, and also Edinburgh's renowned Greyfriars Kirkyard, which contains the Covenanter's prison, lair, of the infamous Mackenzie Poltergeist and the world's best documented supernatural case. In each episode, we discover that behind every subject there is always a story to tell. Well, welcome to the Conan Doyle Casebook. Myself, Ewan Irvine. And today, my guest is Kat Voidua, and we are talking all things astrology. Hello, Kat.
1: Hi, Ewan. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast.
0: <laughs> oh, at all. So tell me a little bit about astrology and how you became involved.
1: So uh, with astrology, I have started... Oh, when was it? I think it was 2018 when I have first encountered astrology and it was all thanks to this book I have read. So it's a book by a Polish author, Olga Tokarczuk, and in that book she was using astrology uh, as a part of her story. So it was a murder story. So the main character was trying to solve the murders by using astrology. And I thought, oh, wow, there's so much more to astrology than I originally thought. Because I thought, you know, it's just the 12 signs and it all depends on when you were born, the day and the month. But I had no idea there's so many layers to it. And as soon as I have started looking into it, that's it. (laughs) I just couldn't stop ever since. And now it's been four years almost. And that's also actually how I discovered the Arthur Conan Doyle Center. I used to go to astrology classes. Uh, there and that's how I discovered the building and that's how I stayed there
0: (laughs) and prior to that did you have an interest in astrology and other things
1: yes I was always interested but I never really knew how much there is so I would know that I'm a Pisces and I would know my family's zodiac signs and I would be like oh yeah it's, it's quite accurate but I thought this is it but yeah, it's, it's very interesting to see that there was always some sort of interest, but it's as if when the right time has come, this is when I have discovered that there is much more to it.
0: And how easy is it to train in astrology? Because I, I, I think of everything from the, the signs to the stars, and I think, oh, there's a lot out there to try and take in
1: yes yes there is quite a lot to mm, to study and a lot to remember so contrary to popular beliefs that it's just the 12 signs it's actually well the 12 signs the zodiac signs then we have the 10 planets so we have sun moon mercury venus mars and then jupiter saturn uranus neptune pluto and then on top of that we also have the 12 houses And then once we have the birth chart, the planets also make aspects of one another depending on where they are on the wheel. So since the the birth chart or the astrological wheel, it's 360 degrees, depending on the position of the planets, they can come into contact with one another. So there's quite a few layers to, um, to remember, to memorize. And then once you know all of these elements, you can start connecting them. So it might be a bit overwhelming at first when you try to find your way around it because there's always something else you can learn. There's always something else you can discover. But if you're a beginner, yes, it it is quite a lot. But if you take it step by step, it is much easier to get your head around it.
0: I remember a number of years ago and I thought, well, I was born on May the 27th. So I'm a Gemini and I thought that was kind of, that's it. I'm a Gemini. So I look at all the traits of a Gemini and things and I certainly see these traits that I have. But it's not quite as simple as that, is it? It's not just. No, you know, no. <laughs> it's... Isis.
1: Yes. So with what we know as our star sign or our zodiac sign, it is just where the sun was at the moment when we were born. So apart from the Sun, we also have Moon sign, we also have Mercury sign, Venus sign, Mars, and so on. And all of these planets, they are in different signs. So with the Sun being our identity and our consciousness and our ego, we might really associate ourselves with all of these different energies of one specific sign. But sometimes our Moon, for example, can be in a completely different sign. So the Moon talks about our emotions it talks about what do we need to feel emotionally secure things that we just need for our safety so consciously we might be striving towards one thing but then subconsciously with the moon we might be in conflict so when we are reading horoscopes for our sign it might feel mm, it doesn't really suit me you know i don't feel like it but because we have all these other planets and different signs it does affect how we operate so there's much more to that. So let's say somebody has Sun-Moon opposition, so they are into opposing signs. So mm, consciously they would be going for one thing, but then subconsciously they are pulled in a completely different direction. So it creates a very dynamic and a very complex, uh, I would say, inner landscape once you know how to look uh, at the birth chart.
0: So that inner landscape, and we look at and we um, see so have that done astrological-wise, what can it show up? What can it reveal to us about ourselves?
1: Oh, it's, once you know where to look, it can reveal almost everything, I would say. So since astrology has been there for so long, there have been a lot of different techniques that have been created, whether uh, in the ancient times or whether it's the medieval times but you can definitely see the energies that are the strongest in a specific person. So for example, when we look just at the balance of elements, so we have four elements in the chart. We have water, fire, air, and earth. And if somebody has an imbalance of one of the elements, then we can already say that perhaps if somebody doesn't have any planets in earth element, it might be difficult for that person to operate uh, in real world, in the physical world. So for example, they would not really uh, pay too much attention to money or they wouldn't pay attention to their sleep schedule or eating. They would just somehow get through life without being grounded. So personality, I feel like this is the, the biggest thing. When we sometimes are very, uh, you know, when we beat ourselves up because we think, oh no, I've done this again and I still am falling back into this thought path. Pattern. but if i look at the birth chart there are certain planetary combinations and specific signs that could perhaps tell me that the mind is operating in a different way or the mind is perhaps more intuitive rather than logical or the way we relate to people is not as emotional maybe we are a bit more detached and we need more freedom or maybe we do need a lot of of attention from other people. So it's not that we are attention-seeking and we're self-centered. It's something within our charts that it's just there. And we, mm, we put it out there even without we're not fully aware of it.
0: So it's really looking at who we are.
1: Yes, yes. So many astrologers say that our birth chart is almost like a blueprint. It's like a seed. And it depends how we take care of that seed. But it's, if you have an apple seed, you can't really expect oranges to grow out of that seed. So understanding the limitations that we have within our chart, but also understanding the possibilities and the talents. So this is also something that uh, is visible in the chart.
0: So if if somebody is born, I don't know, for instance, I was born 10 minutes to midnight, If I'd been born 15 minutes later, it would have been a new day, a new day, a new dawn. (laughs) Would even that matter of minutes affect the chart? Yes,
1: sometimes it does affect the chart because uh, what we call the rising sign or the ascendant, it is very time sensitive. So it depends what sign was rising On the horizon, and sometimes when the sign is towards the end. So, for example, if somebody was born with an ascendant, let's say 27 degrees of Libra, if they were born, let's say 15 20 minutes later, that ascendant would shift to Scorpio. So, their way of expressing themselves, their first impression, the way they look at life would be different. But it just depends on the moment you were born if you were born at the beginning of that um, degree or in the middle because sometimes it doesn't make much difference but sometimes even 10 minutes 15 minutes can really shift the whole um, structure of the chart so the planets would still stay where they are but the houses would shift so it means that um, the areas of our life would be affected by these planets so for example if the sun was in the 10th house, that affects our career. That means we really want to be noticed. We really want to have a high status and have people appreciate us. But then if the sun would shift into the ninth house, then we would be more concerned with uh, perhaps higher education or travel or religion, because these are the themes of the ninth house. So the sun is still in the same sign, but where it shines in which area of our life that would change.
0: So what would happen if we consciously um, deviated from that astrological path? So, for instance, you were talking about higher education and say going back um, someone um, that that was what their chart kind of showed their interest in that but consciously, they they veer in another direction. What would kind of happen?
1: I feel like the chart is always there. It's always in the background, and all of the energies are still manifesting themselves, whether we are conscious of them or not. So if somebody would be very, you know, they would be really focused on logic and reason, and they would say, no, birth charts don't work, and it's just, you know, it's just one big... Uh, lie i mean the, the chart is still there you can't get rid of your birth chart you can't really change the way the planets are placed in the chart so it's almost like yeah i see it as like this music playing in the background it's still there and even if you try to ignore it even if you try to put headphones on and put some other type of music it is still there so it's up to you if you prefer to ignore it or if you are actually going to take some time and try to understand it
0: And can you use astrology in a way to figure out your past as well as the present and look towards the future?
1: Actually, yes. It is a very interesting uh, way of looking at your life because uh, this is something that we call transits. And while the birth chart is like a snapshot of where the planets were, the planets are constantly moving and eventually they will come into contact with other parts of our birth chart and this is what we call transits and basically we can trace all of the transits to the moment when you were born and then we can see what's happening right now and then we can also see however many years in the future uh, you want to go you can also track all the planets so if you go back and if you track major transits so for example Saturn transits Saturn is all about structure It's all about commitment, growing up, being serious. Sometimes Saturn can also throw obstacles on our path just to teach us a very hard lesson. But then whatever we learn with Saturn, it stays with us for a really long time. So if we track uh, the transits of Saturn, perhaps we will notice that during this specific year, um, something was happening with Saturn sun. So let's say there was a conjunction. And all of a sudden, we felt like, oh, I really feel the need to achieve something in my life. I really feel like I should take more responsibility and I should take my life, uh, I should have more control over my life. Or maybe somebody else has put responsibility on us and we didn't want it. But just because of the circumstances, mm, it happened this way and we felt like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Mm, I just don't feel good about it. But then once we go back, and we see there was that saturn transit it's as if it was already planned before because if we look at astrology from a more karmic point of view and we are also taking reincarnation into consideration it's we our soul chooses the birth chart the soul chooses that place of birth and time of birth and the parents so that it has the best environment to learn all of the lessons that it's meant to and I know sometimes people might think oh this is a very cruel way of thinking because all of these poor people or poor children who are going through all these horrible things it would mean that they are responsible for it because they chose that birth chart but I feel like you know there's something else behind the scenes happening so whenever I'm going through a difficult transit I always tell myself that I chose this for myself for some reason and there is a lesson behind it and that eventually it will pass. So I might as well just take advantage of whatever is happening, even if it's very, very difficult. So it just depends how you are looking at it. But we can definitely look at the past, the present and the future of astrology.
0: And going into the future, can astrology... I don't know if it's the right word alert us to but um in a way um show maybe significant things we should watch for or significant periods in the future
1: yes yes so we can use astrology on personal level for yourself and uh, how all of these planetary movements will affect you but we can also look at it on a more collective level Because when we have outer planets, so I would say Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto coming into contact with one another, these are specific mm, periods of time, certain eras that are being mm, triggered by the planets. So, for example, uh, January 2020, we had Saturn-Pluto conjunction in Capricorn, and all of the astrologers were really thinking, oh, what is going to happen during that time? because Saturn, it's all about structure, it's about tradition, it's about how things have been for a long period of time. But then Pluto, it's a very profound transformation. It's a transformation that you cannot stop. And it brings all of these things that we've been hiding and we've been trying to ignore. It brings it into the surface, so we have to deal with it. So when we have conjunction of these two planets, there is a need to transform things. There is a need to clean the air. But then on the say, at the same time, Saturn is blocking it. Saturn says, no, I don't want to change. Let's just keep the way, let's keep things the way they were. So there is that conflict. There is that tension. And it can manifest on personal level, but it can also manifest on collective level. And because it was in the sign of Capricorn, it's an earth sign. It has to do with work. It has to do with money. It has to do with status business all these sorts of corporations so it's very interesting to see how it has been playing out in the past few years because this uh, conjunction will happen every i think every 30 years or so so then it's something originates the cycle and then once the planets move away it would still there would still be echoes of whatever happened when the conjunction took place so it's it's very interesting when you look at history of different countries and what has been happening around that time so it's fascinating how you can see what's happening collectively but also how that specific event is going to affect you
0: now we're talking about conjunction which leads me nicely into the next question the conjunction of two two people relationships here And I always remembered the words opposites attract. But then I come to the star signs and look at, you know, different signs and say, oh, you can't have, I I don't know, an Aries with maybe a Pisces or a Gemini or it's just not compatible, people say.
1: Yes. So when it comes to compatibility, rather than looking just at the sun signs, uh, we would have to take a look at the whole birth chart. And. If we look at more psychological approach to astrology, um, there is that uh, belief that we attract what is unconscious within us. So basically we relate to another person because they have the qualities that we also have, but we don't express them. So it's as if we are relating with ourselves through the use of another person. But if we look at it, just generally, uh, in terms of astrology, this is type of astrology called synastry. And this is when you put two people's birth charts on top of another. And then you can see if perhaps uh, the emotional needs will be different. So one person needs more freedom, another person needs more stability. And then we can see in the chart that uh, there is a clash there, or, or perhaps there is a different... Way of communication. So one person is all about communicating through words and just wants to talk things through, and then the other person perhaps would communicate uh, through, um, I don't know, doing housework and buying gifts in a much more practical, uh, practical way. So it's rather than looking just at the sun sign. Yes, it's it's necessary to take the whole chart into consideration, but uh, it can also show um, karmic connections between people if there are any karmic themes that we will perhaps encounter with the other person whether it is about uh, control that we will have to learn that sometimes we don't have control over the other person and we just have to let go sometimes there would be themes that have to do with mm, I would say like maternal instincts, because in the past well I mean past lives uh, in different incarnations For example, these two people would be a mother and a child and something happened that created a traumatic experience. And then again, these people reincarnate and now they are partners. There are still certain, mm, there's a residue, energetic residue, I would call it, in the chart where one person for some reason approaches their partner as if it was their child. So there is that different dynamic being created. So this can also be seen in the birth chart. And then once we are aware of it, we can reframe it and perhaps get out of that karmic cycle of repeating the same lessons over and over. And also something to do with soulmates. And I know people always like that topic when you think, oh, we are just meant to be together. But in fact, uh, one of the astrologers that I always look up to, Judy Hall, she said that a soulmate is a person or well, a soul that loves you so much on the soul level that it is willing to put you through difficult experiences so that you can grow. So perhaps uh, your ex who was really, really terrible and uh, they made you suffer so much. This can also be your soulmate because that person forced you to... Uh, perhaps look into other areas of life and to develop different skills, because if the relationship was all happy and good, you would never really be pushed to do it. So uh, sometimes there are very difficult connections between people and uh, it's all about reframing that energy and looking at things from a different perspective and breaking free from repeating the same karmic lessons all over again.
0: So if someone came along at this moment in time and they were looking for an astrological reading to perhaps look a little bit at the past, the present, but very much the future, what would happen? What would that be, that process from start to finish of that reading?
1: So when I do readings, I would look at the main energies in the chart and the sort of main themes happening in person's life. And then I would see what's happening right now, because there are periods of time when there's not much happening transit wise, when things are just stable. But sometimes there's a whole series of (laughs) events, there's a whole series of transits that can uh, range anywhere from a year to maybe even five years when we have planets next to each other. So I would usually look at that. I would look at the start date when the transiting planet is coming near to our natal planet and usually I use three degrees for that for transits so I would say this is the start point when the energies are already starting to emerge when we are starting to really feel something is happening and usually when we have transits the planet would pass three times over one specific point because the planets can retrograde so we probably have heard about Mercury retrograde. <laughs> That's a really popular one. But all of the planets, well, apart from the sun and the moon, they can retrograde. So you would go through a transit three times, as in there would be three hits. So usually the first hit, it's when we are aware that something is happening, but it's nothing too serious. Then once the planet is retrograding, we realize, OK, I really see something is happening. I should do something about it. And then the third time it's as okay, if you haven't done anything by now, then the universe will force you to do something. So I usually would give dates to all of these three hits. Sometimes there are five if it's an outer planet, if it's Pluto, and it's really slow. And that can take quite a few years to to happen. But I would look at all the major transits because I feel like most people don't really notice when things are going well, you know, because if things are going well, we're just enjoying our life. But when things go bad, this is when people start to think, okay, what is going on? So I would always try to look at any transits that could be challenging, something that can really uh, shake up our world or something that can really affect our daily life. And, uh, I mean, I can check however many years in the future. Usually I would do up to five because even from a point of view of, okay, I'm here right now, five years seems like quite a long time. But just some years, there's more things happening. And then the other years, there's not that much. But I would look at Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto and how they are interacting with the chart and what are the specific dates. And another thing I also like to look at—it's another way of predicting the future—and it's called secondary progressions. So it's another way to look at the chart, and I'm not going to explain too much because it's uh, quite—it can be quite confusing. But I am looking at the progressed uh, sun and the progressed moon because the progressed lunar cycle—it's roughly 28 years. And when we have progressed new moon, this is when we are starting a new uh, cycle, a new 28 year cycle. And then progressed full moon, this is when we are reaping the rewards of the past 14 years. So, this is something I usually would check in the chart, just in case. Uh, somebody can already feel the energies that, okay, I can feel there is this mm, point of culmination coming, but people can feel maybe a bit discouraged that I've been working on this so many years and I just feel like I want to give up. So I feel like if I would say, oh, there is that progress full moon coming up in the next year, so get ready for the harvest. I feel like that can really give a heads up to the person and they can take advantage of that period of time because they are aware of it.
0: So here we are in 2022, Heading towards spring, we hope. <laughs> but um, the way things have been, we've had pandemics, we've had the whole world affairs at the moment, the Russia and the Ukraine crisis. What's going on planetary wise?
1: I feel like there, because of the Saturn Jupiter conjunction that we had at was at the end of twenty twenty. So It is something called the great permutations and the Saturn-Jupiter conjunctions. They are quite important because uh, for a certain period of time, they happen in the same element. Uh, I think it's for every 100 or 200 years, they are happening in the same element. So for the last 200 years, they have been happening in the element of Earth. So we've been really focused on our material side of life. We have been focusing on land, money, all of the practical things. But this conjunction that happened uh, just recently last year, it happened in an air element. So now we are shifting from Earth to air. And the first time when this conjunction happened, it was when the internet was being developed, even when nobody really knew how it's going to end up, (laughs) which way it's going to go. So now with that Saturn-Jupiter, Uh, cycle happening in air element it's as if as a society collectively we are shifting to a completely new way of understanding life and even how to um, go about our lives so earth it's quite a heavy element earth it's all about the practical life and money food our physical bodies, but air, it's all about ideas. It is all about our mind and how we process information, how we communicate with one another. So I feel like there is that split where mm, we are still focusing on all these old energies. So for example, with Russia, it's all about land. It's all about property. What do we have on a physical level? But then on the other side, When we think about the pandemic and how important the internet was, how communication and news were important, we can see the shift and we can also see perhaps the dangers of mm, that energy because uh, the dangers of earth to me would be focusing too much on the physical level. When we think of the greed of all the corporations and all of these billionaires who have so much money and 1% of the population owns the money as much money as however many percent of the population and it's, it's we're still being stuck in the old old energies but then the new energies are coming and we don't really know how to deal with them so i see it as this split or one with one foot we're in the past energies and the other foot we're in the new energies and it's almost like We're moving towards the splits and it's getting more and more painful because we're not used to it. So I feel like it's just a time in the development of, let's say, humanity where uh, we are kind of phasing out the old energies, but we still hold on to them. So this is where all the conflicts come and we're just trying to somehow adapt, but we don't want to because we've been so comfortable in that old energy. Uh, and we don't know what the future is going to bring. So it's, it's, there's a lot of confusion going on right now, I would say.
0: So Very much. We're heading to a new time. If anybody would like to find out more or get in touch with you or find out more about astrology, where would they go to?
1: So if anyone would like to have a reading with me, uh, I would always recommend going to the Arthur Conan Doyle Centre website so my profile is there uh if you would like to check my personal website it's just my name katvidua.com and yes i feel like for astrology also i would really recommend the astrology podcast on youtube they have a lot of videos and they have monthly mm, podcasts and monthly mm, they look at all of the astrological things happening so if you are interested i would definitely recommend that (laughs)
0: excellent well it's been fascinating speaking to you um and i hope that you'll come back at some point in the future and we can speak about more about this absolutely i find it fascinating Astrology, <laughs> concept and the stars the moon and the sun and the oh, i'm
1: happy you found it fascinating and whenever you want me back i'll come back and i'll bring some more astrology to talk about
0: <laughs> okay thank you very much thank you <laughs>